everyone. Welcome back for the seventh episode of season two. Today is the first time I'm ever doing a solo episode, so I'm looking forward to how this comes out and uh, what your guys' feedback is on it. But um, before getting into like the content of the episode, I do want to say that if you have not subscribed, if you haven't rated the show, please do on the Apple Podcast. And if you think a friend who would be interested in like political like kind of content and um this civil discourse, if they're interested in that, just refer them. And I would greatly appreciate that. And today's focus is on political disconnect as well as cultural disconnect in um, America currently. So not too long ago, I asked what questions would you want like me to address personally on one episodes. And I didn't do that with the Cuba one with uh, Stephanie Reyes, which is a really good episode uh, with a lot of insight into um, Cuba society, being that she's seen it firsthand, and also just the background, the general knowledge we both have on the topic. So I think it provides a lot of good insights. But moving along, I asked a question, or I asked what questions would you want me to address personally on episode, and I think this fits in perfectly because the main theme of like the few questions that were uh, posed to me were what really kickstarted the podcast, and I think I have a pretty like kind of funny anecdote for that. And it goes back to last year, summer, somewhere in the summer of 2020, saw this like political tweet, and I was... I was like, I want to respond. I didn't like, agree with the points at all, so replied to it. And I formulated my points, thaw them out, make sure not to make any grammatical or spelling errors because those are pretty embarrassing. Posted it, got like three likes, whatever. But then not too long after, I saw that someone retweeted with a comment and it started getting a significant amount of attention. I'm like, all right, that's annoying. This person, I still stuck by my point because I believe they misinterpreted it, whether that be accidentally or intentionally didn't matter so as i'm getting ready to respond i see another reply to me on that same thread and it just goes men are the absolute worst i was like who and i look who it is it's like fairy goddess 339 and before i know it, it's like four other bots just absolutely tearing me to pieces and at that point i realized twitter's no place for actual civil discourse so i just realized what is the what's the solution to this because i am obviously in the politics i'm in i think it's important to talk about it if it means something to you it's important to talk about i think it's important to talk about regardless but what is the solution to that and obviously i think presenting people with a platform to discuss their views in a say calm professional manner where common ground could be easily reached is a good thing so that's my uh, main kind of like drive behind starting this and I'm glad I stuck with it ever since. But going into Twitter and like the disconnect, I really do believe Twitter is one of those um social media platforms that really perpetuates the inactive chamber. I, I actually um asked that question on one of the question of the days about a week or two ago, and the overwhelmingly majority of people believe that um Twitter is indeed an echo chamber. And it doesn't have to be that way, but it's kind of easy to fall into that trap and my feed would probably be somewhat of one, but I still follow people on both sides. But the thing is, I don't really see people on the other side as much. I don't really see what they're putting out there because that's not really how the algorithm works. So uh, you have to do more than follow them. You have to actually like kind of like, like their stuff. But not getting into that, it's easy to find yourself in a trap of just seeing everything you know and that or everything you agree with and everything that you already know. And that does two things. One, I think it creates this... Are a, it expands this divide that 
in our society already between one side and the other because you're already like in, you're entrenching yourself more so into like beliefs that you already agree with and two you're doing like it's also a disservice people because they're not being exposed to like other ideas and like counterpoints and that's kind of like hindering in my opinion be like developing like, intellectual like development in terms of like how you present your argument and how you present yourself so i don't think that's good at all obviously that's a major problem I also think tw- Twitter plays into like tribalism as well, how I think that's been an ongoing thing in our society, re- recently more so, where you pretty much find your side, the people you agree with, and you surround yourself with those people, and you kind of like demonize the other side to a certain extent, whether it just be jokes or actually like real grievances that you have with them. Either way, they exist. Point being is, it's good to expose yourself to the other side, because a thing that could happen is two things, actually, or maybe three, is if you find yourself in an argument with someone, conversation, whatever it may be, and you argue your points, and you still believe those points after the person present theirs, then good, then you have a well-established argument, and you know how to propose it. But if that's not the case, and the other person kind of um, pins you against like certain points that you claim and counter them pretty well, then you know... You can either adapt your stance and be like, oh, they're right, and maybe change your mind a little. Or you could be like, all right, well, I just didn't do my research, and I need to become more prepared if I'm going to be willing to talk about this topic. Another thing that I think Twitter uh, does, and not Twitter specifically, but social media in general, is I think this is pretty much agreed upon, is like it greatly influences um your mood. I know it does with me. And for example, I kind of got rid of Twitter. I just want to see how I like, felt after a few days. And I definitely feel way like less stressed. And less irritated overall. And when I re-downloaded it just to like look at something specific real fast, within seconds I came across this in like incredibly like heart-wrenching video where a husky was being left on the side of the road by its owner and the husky started chasing the car. Thankfully the husky was fine, the dog was completely fine, it was safe. But just seeing that, just like how do you see that and that does not like negatively affect your day? How's like seeing that kind of content, whether it be like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook? How does one see that not be like kind of disheartened with that content? So I'm glad with the choice I made. I don't know how long I'll stick with it because I do feel pretty out of touch. And that's good and bad to a certain extent, depending on how you look at it. But I think that's where I like stand on the topic of like Twitter. And that could be the same for uh, Instagram as well. But I think Twitter is where you really see that good chamber uh, come out, in my opinion. And moving along with that, I think what people need to understand more in like different whether it be like the political or cultural disconnect is like like there's the nature versus nurture like environment and what in my opinion comes down to a lot of it is there's nature and nurture it's like i think it's like studies or like the general like studies whatever show as like 50 50 but point being is your experience determines a lot about you a lot like of what like your beliefs may will likely be how like your world view is going to look and then that's why I have, um, this is not for me, this is from credit to Lisa Feldman Barrett, and it's her, or her point of quote-unquote constructed emotion. And it's a story about two kids, Alexander and Joseph, and their, like, experiences. So, starting with Alexander, Alexander grew up reading a lot. He loved, like, Greek mythology and the heroes such as, like, heroes such as uh, Hercules, who, like, displayed, like, the highest virtues such as they say honor and courage alexander also grew up in a lower middle class family 
and he had to pitch in for what he wanted, whether that be something small or something big. He had he's working at a younger age. So from this, Alexander developed the worldview, and which stated there are only two types of people: the weak and the strong, the conquered and the conquerors. This is obviously stems from his experiences. And one day, when Alexander was walking home from work, he came across a homeless person who uh, was asking for him for some change. Now, Alexander was so thrown off by this because he couldn't fathom the amount of mistakes the man must have made to get himself into this position. Alexander quickly became enraged and decided not to give him a penny. He thought to himself, why should people who work for a living give to people who messed up so many times and who refused to do anything about it now joseph he found passion in spiritual books and preached about compassion and giving joseph's family was pretty well off and they did not require him to pitch in much and really work for his personal needs whether they be little little or large now from this joseph developed a worldview and decided people are one of two things the people who need help and the people who can give help the underserved, and the fortunate. So one day, as Joseph was walking home from school, he came across a homeless man who was asking him for some change. Joseph thought to himself, how could society fail a person so terribly? Therefore, Joseph gave him all the change and all the money in his pocket with close to no hesitance. He was so sad he was about to shed a tear because he thought about how rough his life must have been to be in this position. Now, the reality of the situation is neither Alexander nor Joseph know anything about this man nor his past experiences. All they know is he's a person asking for change. However, they let their experiences and and upbringing decide their outlook on situations. Now, the point of this is to open up your worldview and become more holistic in political opinions that you have, or any kind of opinions, but in this case, political ones. And instead of attacking your adversaries, you should listen to them. Because at the end of the day, you'll probably learn something. Now, this is not a complete like, guarantee or certainty, certainty, but it's something that I think is generally true. Now, I'll give, to kind of like, wrap things up, my personal grievances on like the general side of uh, both political um, affiliations, the right and the left. And starting with the right, I believe that the right is uh, not compassionate enough in how they deliver their points. They use stats and like statistics like constantly, which is good, but I think they're negligent to certain things, such as like say something happens only ninety five percent of the time, like and the five percent they're just not like really recognizing that there's people behind it, and this can go into like injustices that occur in America. I think they just have to kind of adapt their stance and realize that there's like you can make a compelling argument, but if, like you can have a compelling argument on paper, but if you deliver it in a unsympathetic or empathetic way no no one's really gonna be attracted or no one's gonna really appeal to that i think they need to become more innovative in their approaches to policy and then winning over different communities such as the uh, ones in like inner cities and the lower socioeconomic areas and lastly i also think the ones in like say federal government pick like the absolute dumbest battles such as when um it was democrats were saying or people were saying that Dr. Seuss books had like these racial undertones, whether that be true or not be true. And this is in the middle of a pandemic. Ted Cruz's response, like a senior member in the Republican Party, is to go on the internet, go on TV and read Dr. Seuss. Now, 
it's just how they engage in these little bat like in these little like tit for tat. It doesn't make any sense. It gets nothing done. If I if that were to happen and and I'm in a position like his, I would say, okay, we can discuss this, but let's discuss this at a time where Americans aren't being infected in the tens of thousands by coronavirus and aren't dying as well. Let's focus on something that's gonna get people employed and get them money and help their mental health and help things get back on track instead of arguing about Dr. Seuss and the potential racial undertones that it may or may not possess. That's something that I think they easily could have taken a win on, but they refuse to because they're, in my opinion, too short-sighted, too myopic to really take advantage of the opportunity when it presents itself. Now, on and that's not just Ted Cruz. There's a lot of other people like that. Now, on the other side, you have the left. And now I think the left is tolerant until you until your beliefs don't align with the left. And then you become excommunicated. I remember um this happened to J.K. Rowling when she said something but said something about like in the feminist movement that and with cancel culture as well that like it's not good and then and she's a hundred percent on the left pretty far on the left and then she and then people just turned on her it just I don't understand that it doesn't make much sense to me it's like a cult kind of atmosphere and as soon as you go out of line it's like oh you're done that's not everyone does on the left but I think that's a pretty accurate kind of like stereotype that does play true in a lot of events and I also think um, people more far, further on the left create this utopian society in their head that would exist only if the government did A, B, and C along with X, Y, and Z. However, I feel like what people forget is that the government the government is made up of people and those people are subjected to deep human flaws as is anyone else. So I'm sure like socialists and other people of that sort, like reasonable socialists, have the best intent in mind. However, it's not what you intend, it's what you do, and more so it's the consequences of what you do, and I really don't think it's a very well thought out. And that's what really, that's what really matters, is how what's going to, not your intent, it's the consequences. Now, I do understand why people are on the left for a number of reasons. I find myself on the left a number of issues, but I think there's also a number of issues which push me the other way, so it really depends issue to issue, matter to matter. However, I do understand, like, the right Republicans and conservatives can be so unbearable sometimes. And I don't think they do enough to call out certainly terrible events. I don't think they do enough to like explicitly say that that is not what we, not what we align. That's not what we do. I'm not saying everyone, I'm saying certain figures don't do that. And they're usually in leadership positions and it's not all of them, but it's enough to like take notice and for other people to take notice as well. And it's just a huge problem. And it's something that, um, they should like both sides have plenty to work on but when you get to a point where the power dynamic isn't changing it just goes from one party to the other but they still retain a normal like a reasonable amount of power in government there's no incentive for them kind of to change their behaviors play like politics with everyone else i saw a video where lindsey graham and kamala harris they were like arguing, or they have argued numerous times in the past, but then behind like the cameras and behind the like, closed doors, there was like a snippet that came out that they kind of like, shook hands. And you could say, oh, that's just um, just being respectful, but I don't think it was. I think it's the politicians in general pulling a show. At the end of the day, they both know the, them and their loved ones are going to be fine, so they don't really care too much about the outcome. It's more or less just playing on theater. And that's not everyone. I think it's more or less... Just ones at the higher up levels and only and key figures at the higher up levels. But I mean, we're just about at 20 minutes. 
and I pretty much hit on everything I wanted to talk about. If someone else was here, I'm sure this could have gone on for an easy hour, but this is me just going on my beliefs or my experiences, and that's why we're only at 20 minutes, so, or sub-20 minutes. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you have any questions or you want to reach out about anything, just feel free to do so. I'm looking to do an episode on um extremism in America. That's something that really interests me. And if you're possibly like interested in that and talking about it, you can reach out as well. But besides that, um, pretty much hit everything today. And hope you guys have a good rest of the week. See you guys.